Hey guys, Kate Ivy here and a massive welcome to the Dedicate podcast. Wow, this episode was so enjoyable. I am recording this afterwards and I am still buzzing. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys think. I'm chatting to Dr. Micah Neuhaus. Micah helps people who feel stuck and lost find direction, purpose and happiness through self-leadership. Micah shares her story and a pinnacle event that shapes her values today. She also shares valuable tools on how to thrive and what affects human behavior change. An interesting and educational listen that will help you to cement exercise and other healthy habits in your life. Now we all need that. Thank you so much for joining me. So sorry about the um, timing. Mix up. I yeah, thought, yeah, thought no, you guys were two hours happens. behind, but you're three. That's all right. Not a problem at all. Essential to know where in Australia you actually live rather than yeah. <laughs> guessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much for joining me, Micah. Um, Such a pleasure. Well, you pronounced my name so well now. Oh, thank you. You um, gave me a bit of education the other day. So I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for your support. So, Micah, for those um, listening, um, we launched into Australia in June and you must have seen the advert on one of the influencers and she came on board, absolutely loved Dedicate. So we gave um, Micah a free membership and yeah, you've been so supportive. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I have to thank you. I absolutely love what you're offering. And I've been saying this on my Instagram as well, that I just love that you guys are all so, you have such a diversity in education experience and, you know, just a high level of quality. And I just love your body positivity. That is not about, you know, getting your bikini body, but um, that is all about health and fitness and building that up. And I'm just a massive supporter of that. So thank you very much. And I love your workouts. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, And and people may have noticed that you, you aren't actually Australian, so you're South African? No, I'm actually German. Oh, you're German? <laughs> it's so funny. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why I sound South African. Do, do, no do a lot of people that. say that? Yeah, they do. Some even say Italian. I have no idea. Um, I'm, I'm German um, originally. Oh. Yeah, I came to Australia well in my early 20s, um, sort of a couple of times on some trips, met my husband, went back to Germany for a bit together with him. And um, and then in 2008, we finally moved over here. But then I spent the last two years in France as well. So that probably doesn't help with my yeah, accent. It's probably either. just a mix of a whole lot of accents together. Yeah. <laughs> and right. so you're a doctor and your um, Instagram bio reads, helps people who feel stuck and lost find direction, purpose and happiness through self-leadership. So I'm really excited to explore that with you because I'm sure you've got some, some. I mean, you, you do have knowledge that you can help out our listeners, but obviously they'd work one-on-one with you to really get support, but I'm sure you've got some wee wee gems you can share on this podcast. But before we head into that, I'd love to just get to know a bit more about you. Mm -hmm. So you're a doctor in... Well, I'm actually, well, I have a title. So I did a PhD. The PhD was in public health, um, looking at um, sort of effective behavior change strategies. Um, I'm actually a psychologist by trade. I'm just very careful not to mention that too often because um, people usually assume that psychologists are all clinical psychologists. So this is one problem, whereas I focused more on building health. So as a health psychologist and also talent management, organizational psychology. But in Australia, I am not a registered psychologist because I don't practice as a psychologist as such. And therefore, because the the profession is regulated or protected, um, I shouldn't technically call myself a psychologist, but I did all the training and everything. But this is sort of Germany, so it's, it's a bit confusing. So I'm a psychologist by trade. And, um, and did a PhD focusing on um, helping people uh, adopt a healthier lifestyle, basically. So looking at behavior change in humans, which is so complex, and you would know this, there are so many people who would love to exercise regularly, but then it's the hardest thing in the world, even though we know exactly how important it is, both for our physical and mental health, cool. um, and how much we would love to do it and how much we'd benefit from it. But it's the hardest thing to incorporate, isn't it? Especially it is. when we're aiming for goals that we don't naturally enjoy and again I'm sort of one of them as well yeah awesome so So we'll go into into that and you're a mother of two 
too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're 11 and 13. Living so <laughs> going into teenage. Oh, no, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Slightly nervous. Yeah. Yeah. And so how long have you been in your line of work for? Um, so I graduated as a psychologist in 2008. So whatever makes that, um, but obviously worked Let's in the profession the for much longer. I know, right? It's a little bit like that. So worked in the profession, I would say for 15 plus years, and then um, sort of doing my self-leadership stuff, the, the stuff that I do now and open to the public and worldwide and working with individuals one-on-one rather than just working in research or with organizations. I've been doing that since 2016, I think. Awesome. So I love Mm -hmm. on my podcasts really um, delving into people's stories and learning about um, things that have happened in their lives that have sort of changed the course of their lives and where they've, I guess, had the most learning. Um, Mm -hmm. And often that is adversity. It's not always. Um, But yeah, what would be some pinnacle moments in your life so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose the older we get, the more we accumulate of those uh, pinnacle <laughs> moments. But I have to say that I've always had an absolute fascination with the fact that some people seem to thrive in life while others go from one struggle to the next. It's mm-hmm. something that I've observed as a child. You know, some people are positive and go for it and achieve and others complain that X, Y, Z doesn't align for them and they kind of get in their own way, bang their head against the wall and then complain against the wall. And it's always fascinated me and that's why I studied psychology in the first place because human motivation, human drive and all that sort of stuff, I found it hugely fascinating. And the thing is that... um, Back then, science wasn't quite there. So what I I realized at some stage that I'm really interested in the most is human flourishing. And this is something that is covered under the banner of positive psychology. That is the science or the subdiscipline of psychology that looks at what do humans need in order to thrive, to flourish, to self-actualize, you know, to, to create the sort of the life of their dreams. And that subdiscipline is relatively young. And back then when I was studying, that certainly wasn't offered at university. And it's barely offered in universities to this day. It's just not uh, adopted um, into university systems um, very rapidly. Um, so a lot of the stuff that I'm interested in is sort of has only come out in the last couple of decades and not widely accessible to the public. And so that took me a long time to realize that what I want to do at the time wasn't really didn't really exist. So at some stage, I had to really go out proactively and find that and find all the literature and then learn it and take extra courses when they slowly started becoming available. And then also, though, the way I put it together, basically create creating it myself in the way that I think is most usable for individuals. So that was a little bit of a timing issue, let's say, in my life. Um, That kind of happened slowly and continuously. And I guess realizing that there was a real gap in the market for that and that it was really needed as a big thing, yeah. Yes, and I'm happy to talk about that more with you in just a second when we can talk about what the pandemic did and the whole idea of languishing that is just so prevalent at the moment um but I suppose when things happen so slowly it's it's hard for us to sometimes see that because there's nothing really that sort of knocks us on the head and go you know where we realize gee something is completely out of whack it's more this it sort of creeps in slowly and at some stage you go what am I actually doing why do I feel so misaligned and I think one of those sort of pivotal moments or wake-up moments for me was when I was very close to finishing my PhDs, I was already very sort of stressed and everything. Um, I was two weeks from submitting my thesis or due to submit my thesis. And my then four-year-old was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, cool. So, yeah, and I should just say straight up, it's, everything is fine now. Um, he, he's a completely normal kid and, and everything. Um, but of course, that turns your world upside down oh, completely. Goodness. That's a nightmare that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. No. And apart from the fact that we were in sort of struggle or survival mode then for a little while and because everything, you know, the, the ground opens up underneath you and mm. just swallows you up and you just, you know, you have to obviously go with, deal with what 
has to happen now, which means that your whole life step by step, day by day, changing. yeah. So did you hand in Absolutely. your thesis at the same time, or did you have to put that on hold? Or I had to put it on hold. It's two weeks from finishing. You, yeah. No, yeah. exactly. You can't. Yeah. And the last few weeks are frantic with everything. Yeah. So I had to put that on hold. But my supervisor team was so amazing. They were so supportive and everything. So and I even from my scholarship was managing to get a. Like, like a sort of like a, a special leave for those circumstances and then I got that for three months and then literally three months later I just handed it in then when when yeah. we were sort of coping with a bit kind of, of coping a, yeah and so normal, how did you know how did you know that he had it was he showing signs of sickness and went to the doctor no not at all he always had a bit of a big belly which um I was always a bit nervous about because um you know they can have hernias or something like that um and then one morning I just he came snuggled into bed and I just noticed that there was it was bulging on one side a little bit um and I thought oh, okay asymmetrical is not usually a good sign then and we sort of did a quick test to see if it was a hernia but it did, usually then if you lay them on their back it would retract but it didn't so just took him to the doctor and got him checked and uh, before we know we were in the hospital and it turned out to be a big tumor in one of his kidneys so Oh, yeah. And so what was the process from getting that diagnosis? So the process was, obviously this depended on the stage, um, which the scans weren't really clear. We weren't sure, sure whether that had spread already or not, but they ended up just um, commencing, like basically opening them up, doing a surgery. And so they resected the whole kidney, including the tumour, so the kidney couldn't be saved. Um, we were very lucky. We actually caught it very early, so it hadn't spread. And... Um, so he had surgery and and then had, I think, about four months of chemo. And that was more or less it. Yeah. The chemo would have been pretty bottom. tough, though. Yeah, I'm sure. It hits so hard, especially when it's your kid and you don't know. You know, little kids, as you would know as a mother yourself, they're such tough soldiers. And yeah. he certainly is such a trooper. I think it's tough on anyone. He, he had a relatively small dose um, just because it was more... Uh, almost like preventative you, you're never sure whether there's microtumors left or not mm -hmm. um, so it's just to um, make sure there's nothing left basically in the system so yeah. but you know can't go to kindy during that time because the, and, and then it takes a while because basically at the end of the chemo they're basically unvaccinated yeah. um, because the chemo just cancels it all out and so I had to wait to get revaccinated and so forth so basically that life was on hold more or less for a year because if your little one doesn't go to kindy I couldn't really work for nearly a year and that sort of stuff. So, but I suppose what those moments do with us is that once you kind of recover from that, you ask yourself what's really important. Yeah. So that's when you're saying it influence your alignment with your, with, you know, yourself and your goals and where you're heading and. Absolutely, because you ask yourself what's really important for you. You realize that life can be over quickly. You realize that, um comparatively nothing else matters where you think oh you know sometimes we make decisions based on fear because we think oh I can't do that what if I lose that or what will other people think mm -hmm. and I certainly had so many of those fears and I think we all have a lot of those demons a lot of us you mm -hmm. know are in that safety zone rather than daring to create change and going out into that discomfort zone yes or if we do we either I sort of find people are either too scared to go into that zone so they don't or even those that do go in, into the zone which is me on a regular basis then it affects you mentally because you've gone somewhere scary and it's it's exactly. scary and it's you know you I relate to that and, yeah yes absolutely yeah I totally I'm hearing you um but you know you ask yourself all those questions and and then at some stage you go well what am I actually doing I mean I went back to work um in like a low-key role just because I needed to get back some normality in life without pushing myself too hard in you know in the, let's say in in, in career-wise mm. um I went on into a, a higher level role and everything after that and but it kind of always chipped away at me a little bit and 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 at some stage you just question everything and you ask yourself you know if life were to be over tomorrow what what would you what would be your regrets what do you wish you would have done differently and for me it all came back to what am I doing I didn't feel 100% connected with my career with mm -hmm. what I was doing at the time and 
I what were you doing? Do Sorry, that. what were you doing? I worked. I worked in research. I actually sort of went through a few different things, but I, I wasn't working in a, an academic research position at the time at the university here, and I was actually working in telemedicine, so helping communities and um, yeah, mainly communities and, and a lot of um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities adopt um, health services that mm -hmm. uh, through telehealth, but otherwise they wouldn't have access to just because yep. of their remote locations um, and it's all very it's, it's awesome and very rewarding work mm. and it's very important work um I think this was pre-pandemic as well yeah um, so it's very timely um but I I just didn't feel like I was in it with all my heart and so you sit down and you ask yourself well what is it that rocks my boat mm. <laughs> you know and I literally sat down with we'll the paper one day because Oh, what floats your That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the German it, coming through. <laughs> two quite different meanings. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Um, and you know, I literally sat down with a pen and paper and went, well, what what why did I go to university in the first place? You know, why did I study? And it all came back to that. Why do some people thrive and flourish while others get in their own way or struggle? And it's just that I couldn't find a career in that field because there, there is no such career. There are no such jobs, um, not yet. Um, and, and so I basically started creating a workshop and I looked at this workshop and I thought, I want to be teaching this for the rest of my life. I want to work with people who, who want this stuff, who want to flourish, who feel blah or me or stuck or indifferent and want to feel like they're living 100% and they're the agents of their own lives. And so I basically, from that moment, I started, well, you could say teaching self-leadership and positive psychology practices and working with individuals through coaching yeah. to help them, yeah, create the life of their dreams, if you wish. And that that's so cool. It's instead of like the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, it's sort of getting yeah. people you know it's not necessarily people who are really struggling with their mental health or anything like that it's just people who are just coasting through life perhaps and they want to take things up a notch or two exactly and I love that you said this because I've recently posted about this and I think a lot of people don't know that so basically what I'm addressing is languishing and so languishing is this feeling of being stuck and just not flourishing and feeling indifferent and 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 what a lot of people are experiencing now because of the pandemic and because of being in lockdown and having been in lockdown for so long so this is something called languishing and you can imagine this at the at the bottom end of one scale whereas at the top end of that scale is flourishing and this is where mental mental well-being is happening mental well-being but this is somewhat related to but completely distinct um, from whether or not we have mental illness so mental well-being overall is both the absence of mental illness but also the presence of flourishing mm -hmm. we need both we need both in order to be flourishing in life and to be mentally well and physically as yeah. well and um, so only because we are not depressed or we don't suffer anxiety or any of the other mental illnesses doesn't mean that we're thriving in life and that we are feeling like we're yeah we're flourishing and um, what we need is certain other things to be given and present in order to have that feeling and that is what I help people with awesome I mean that's the ultimate and I guess it it lines up so well with what we do you know we use exercise and nutrition to help people flourish and it makes a massive difference but there might be some Huge people difference. out there listening now who are struggling to make exercise and nutrition and good healthy nutrition stick or maybe they are doing yeah. those things but there's still something missing and that's that they need to do some more work on you know other other things that make them flourish so what are some examples can you tell me some examples of clients like where they were at before they worked with you and then what they achieved after yeah so absolutely and there are lots of different examples and it really depends on where people are at because everyone is at a different point in life I can tell you that one thing that I observe a lot is that 
people want to incorporate something else they want to strive for a goal and achieve a goal um and they struggle achieving it and then they think it's because they don't have enough willpower or discipline mm. or something like that but yeah. the reality is that most of us are so so busy in life and we already accomplish and do so many different things and what people don't realize is that we need energy to do all of those things, mental energy and physical energy. And we can't just keep putting another thing on top and another thing on top and think, well, why don't I just achieve that when maybe I have enough time in the day? But it's not just the time, it's the energy. Mm-hmm. And I think we just need to realize that we need to first and foremost have a look at what's on our plates already. And if the plate is full, then either being realistic about what I can achieve on top of that or not, or looking at do all of these things actually need to be on my plate and how do they serve me? Do they serve me? And how do I need to prioritize? And that's a big thing because so often people, when it comes to exercise, they say they don't have time. And sometimes it's an excuse, but sometimes it's actually physically, they can't see how they can have that time in the day. So like you say, it's assessing everything that you're doing with your life and yeah, whether it's yeah. bringing you what you want it to. Yeah, absolutely. Because and exercise is like almost- so needed, you know, it's, it needs, needs to be a priority for people. So I guess, how do absolutely. they, how do they make it a and priority so when they just can't seem to see how they can make it happen? Absolutely. And it's so true. And when you look at anything to do with creating change in your life, the fact that it all comes down to energy and a lot of the energy sort of comes from the way we look after our bodies or most of it is either is our healthy lifestyle and includes obviously how much we move and how we move and what we eat and how much we eat and how much we sleep and whether it's good quality sleep or not and things like mindfulness practices. So most of it, if, if you want to achieve anything in life and, and anything extra, mm-hmm. you need the energy and that energy comes from a healthy lifestyle. And it doesn't matter where you look into the literature, it all points back to those different lifestyle components. So absolutely. And food and exercise and probably also sleep, I would put yep. that also in the same sort of important. Uh, oh, sleep's category. probably number one, is it? <laughs> yeah, probably because we just literally would die without it uh, yeah. for too long. <clears throat> and you know, but, days when I when I don't sleep properly, it's so hard to eat well. It's so hard to do a good workout. It's hard to do anything, isn't it? It's, absolutely. Exactly, because what we need on a daily basis to chase our goals is the willpower and the self-discipline. And that hugely depends on your lifestyle. And sleep has a massive impact on that. And also, for example, if if you're completely hungry, try to be disciplined when you're completely hungry. Mm. We need to really look after ourselves and create that basis from which we can operate well for our bodies and our minds. Absolutely. So tell me more about willpower and self discipline um discipline yeah so we've talked about i think you and Mm -hmm. i oh i I saw something a post of yours or something that you know especially in the fitness industry trainers might say you know you just do it like it's just as simple as that just have the motivation have the self-discipline to just do it so how do we peel back those layers and how do we just do it like what has to happen to be able to just do it that is such a massive question. I mean, I love it, but I don't, you know, I barely know where to start yeah. because as I said, the just do it is, is almost like such a superficial statement because so there's willpower and self-discipline. We can use them synonymously if we want to. Um, they are they they are replenished and also depleted on almost like a daily life cycle and you can really imagine this like an energy drink you the bottle is full in the morning hopefully if you've had a good night's sleep if you mm-hmm. haven't it won't be that full yeah and depending on what you do throughout the day every time you use your willpower it's like you're taking a couple of sips from that bottle I see so that's also why, you know, one of the big tips, which is so simple, is if something is really important to you, do it first thing in the morning where you still have a lot of that willpower available. So prioritization really comes in, in into that equation a lot. But the Sorry, just one is, wee, yeah. wee thing. Yeah. Can getting up early in the morning sometimes mm-hmm. be willpower from the night 
from the day before though if you are you know like that night before when you're going to bed you have to have the willpower to set the alarm and really make address the fact that yep in the morning you're going to get up early and do your workout and um, so you're asking can we still harness some of that willpower from the day before no or... i mean could it be hard for some people to get up early in the morning because actually they are taking from yesterday's cup rather than a new cup for that day ah yes well again it depends on why would they be taking from yesterday's cup well probably because they haven't had enough sleep so yes and yeah, sorry but i mean you make the decision to get up early and do that workout the night before so if you're getting into bed mm -hmm. tired you're perhaps making the decision then mm. and so oh, yes, it's absolutely. the night before so that might be quite hard for some because they're actually having to apply that discipline at the end of the day to get up early in the morning does that make sense or not really yeah it kind of makes sense i would disagree probably with that because yeah. i think setting an intention is always easy right yeah, we always doing think it, oh, yeah. from next week i'm going to exercise every day it doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter how i feel this week i'll do it next week yeah, or i'll start yeah. a diet tomorrow right yeah. i think <laughs> yeah. this is the problem intention setting is always easy but there's this thing called intention behavior gap that is mm -hmm. broadly uh, acknowledged in the literature it's like your intention barely has anything to do with your behavior yeah you know how you show up at the end of the day so I think we can always set an alarm, but well, how, how many times we hit that snooze button in the next morning, <laughs> yeah. that's sort of like a test. <laughs> um, so that's the thing with, with willpower and self-discipline. Um, there, there are a few techniques we can apply to that. There are two other things that I probably would like to touch on when you ask this question of how easy really is it just to do it? Mm -hmm. Because one thing is that what is holding us back often in those moments is that we don't feel like doing it, right? Our mind wants to do it, but we don't yeah. feel like doing it. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're saying we're lacking that motivation. What's that intrinsic motivation mm -hmm. or that drive in that moment? And unfortunately, we are wired to use our emotional state to gauge whether or not we actually want to take action. Yes, I was about to say, to do we do value too much about how we're feeling rather than just going... Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the number of times that it doesn't even occur to me or, or other people that we don't actually have to first gauge how we feel about now doing mm -hmm. this workout. We don't have to do that. We can also just go, I know I don't, I won't feel like doing it. But it doesn't, it's completely, you know, irrelevant. Yeah. It's similar to, we, there, there, there are many things we do each and every single day that we probably don't actually feel like doing, but we do them anyway. So yeah. if you think about, let's say, making your bed in the morning, how much do I love making my bed? Oh, can't really tell you that I love it that much. Yeah. I kind of do it brushing our teeth twice a day you know we this these are habits that we started things that we started doing from a young age that we don't necessarily love doing and I certainly didn't love doing that as a young kid but we do them anyway we don't we wouldn't second guess them you know yeah. putting the dishes away yeah there yeah. are consequences if we don't do those things but let's not get into nuances the fact is we can do lots of things without actually liking the activity yeah. itself without yeah. being intrinsically motivated for that yeah. so we, we can think about that and reflect on that and apply the same thing to physical activity as well yeah. doing your workouts or whatever else in life mm -hmm. so we don't have to use our emotional state to gauge whether or not we actually want to take action it is a yeah. choice to some extent so now, something that's helped me sorry help? just on that yeah. is um mm -hmm. realizing that it's normal to not feel like exercising mm -hmm. and oh, yes. that everyone often doesn't feel like it and that's what i try and get across to my members that it's totally normal to not feel like it um so yeah to not place so much value on on those emotions because oh you feel Absolutely. so good when it's done don't you Yes, and I love that in your workout, you guys are keeping it real. I've seen you do it, and I've seen other trainers of yours do it, that you start the training, and I remember especially one of your sessions where you just weren't feeling it. I think yeah. you had a really big week. You had a big girls' weekend. You were tired. Oh, yes. Here we go again, right? Yeah. <laughs> you barely slept. So we're not yeah, used exactly. to anymore. Yeah. And you just 
don't feel like it. And, you know, let's be honest, you have kids as well. You probably don't get the best sleep and you just, you're constantly, you have to be on and you're running this big business as well. So, and you just, you keep it real. You show up and you say, I really don't feel like it whatsoever, but let's just get into this. And you know that once you start taking action, once you start working out, the motivation will come and you communicate that during your training as well. And it's so true because often we have to start taking action and then motivation will follow. Whereas in our minds, we always think first I have to be motivated and then I start taking action. Uh uh-uh. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. It works the other way around. Yeah. And it, breaking it down into little steps so that's, that's really one. helps, I find. So instead of thinking about if you really don't feel like doing a workout, think of it as, okay, first of all, getting changed. You can do that. First of all, next step, hitting play. I can do that. Absolutely. Step, I can do the warm-up. So yes. two minutes and so on. So I absolutely love breaking it down into small steps. And there are many other things we can do to help with that as well. Human behavior change is complex and there are so many things. And I think people underestimate how many things we need to put together in order to give ourselves the best possible chance to establish new habits. My thought from before was that we talk about things like motivation or willpower and those little things. But at the end of the day, and this is the beauty about self-leadership. We These are goal-setting strategies that we can use where we refine our goals and we use certain techniques or they might be self-regulation techniques. So self-leadership is based on three broad elements. The first one is self-knowledge. The second one is self-goal-setting. And the third one is self-regulation. So when we talk about willpower and motivation, some of these things lay in the self-regulation basket to how much we can influence our own emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. And the other one sometimes lays in the self-goal-setting basket. So how we look at our goal and optimize it to give ourselves the best possible chance of achieving that goal. So for example, breaking it down into tiny steps. But really, if you want to identify and also accomplish goals that are important to you in your life you need to start with self-knowledge and this goes back also to that pivotal moment of mine where I asked myself well what is actually really important to me in my life what are the things that matter the most because here you're tapping into an absolute gold mine this is what we call our values but there are other things that are important here as well like your strengths or your personality traits or some other things but values and strengths are the most important ones let's talk about the values what is most important to you in your life and we can identify this we just don't ever learn it at school no one teaches us as parents how how do we know how to teach our kids Mm. but if we learn to understand our own values and we then build our our goals based on those this is where we talk about goal congruence when we strive for that goal we are almost certainly intrinsically motivated Mm -hmm. we have the biggest source of motivation we can have when we then pursue that goal we will enjoy it because we know exactly why we're doing it in every single moment of it and when we've achieved the goal we will actually feel happy you'll be surprised how many goals there are that we chase and then achieve and then we're not happy and this is a Mm -hmm. different phenomenon called miswanting which is a different story but that's why in self-leadership and when I work with clients I always start with the person I'm working with. What are your values? What are your strengths? So in other words, you're saying that there's a lot of people out there who are setting goals or intentions that they're not going to achieve because they don't mean enough to them. So they're sort of, it's not that they're not successful in life or that they don't have willpower or motivation. It's just not aligning with what they actually want to do. 100% just think about the number of people that go to let's say law school because the parents would like them to mm-hmm. or you know some other sort of external factors like it just looks good you know you you strive to have a bigger house or a fancier car for for whom exactly mm. is this really something that's important to you like yeah. how does this connect to what's really important to you in your life or is this a societal norm that you're chasing or you know just really and that's where I think the weight loss one is a big one um, yeah. because so we at KW Fitness we encourage people to focus on all the benefits and how it's going to impact their health and their energy and how great they're going to feel because 
those things more often align with people's values and are important each day. Whereas if it's weight loss, it's important one day, but it's not important the next day because life is busy, family's coming over, and it's that's way more important that day. And it sort of, sort of gets all just disjointed and people give up and think, oh, I'm, I'm not cut out for a healthy lifestyle. But actually, no, you're not cut out for forcing yourself through a healthy lifestyle for weight loss reasons. Yeah. Yeah, if you're Absolutely. focused on those values and energy and like we're talking about sleep and how great you feel when you look after yourself, then that's important each day, isn't it? Exactly. And I love that because it's so true, exactly what you're saying. You know, if you go weight loss, well, then that's sort of like one externally wanted or desired outcome. Mm. Whereas when you talk about that you can gain energy and health, then you can start looking at what can you use that for and you can connect that to your values and what's most important to you and those goals that are based on those values. And that gives you a completely different driver. If you have more energy, well, then what can you achieve? You know, then you can go and chase all of your other goals and put something else onto your already very full plate. Yes, yes. And you're just getting so much more out of life instead of the approach that some take with weight loss is depriving themselves of energy. And then so if they're trying to lose weight, then they're actually achieving less in their life and then it just doesn't work, does it? Absolutely. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. Love talking about this stuff. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) So glad you followed your your values and your alignment and your passion. It's an amazing feeling, isn't it? It is. And honestly, I had no idea how lost I was all this time. As I said, you know, I I was languishing and not really realizing it also Mm. because we didn't have the vocabulary at that time or it wasn't well known, you know. But it's so great to have experienced that yourself to be able to help others. But I'd say that every single person listening to this has experience, is either experiencing it now or has experienced languishing. Oh, absolutely. I think there's an official report that, in the US, it's one in five adults experiencing it. But through the pandemic, you know, it's estimated that the pandemic has just absolutely exacerbated this. And I think if you haven't experienced some type of languishing during the pandemic, then I take my hat off. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a massive challenge for every single one one of us, hasn't it? Um, and yeah, so I think most people can probably yeah, and relate. It's still to come. It's still very much on its way here in New Zealand. Very much. And yeah, so I know. tell me more about, so we've talked about values. Tell me more about the strengths mm-hmm. component. Yeah. Oh, I love talking about strengths too. <laughs> and it's so funny because um, I recently posted a little bit on Instagram about strength. So I do it every now and then because mm-hmm. it's so vital. And one of the things you can sort of, one of the strategies you can use to identify your own strengths is ask yourself, um, when, what do you talk about when you sound most confident and what energizes you and what do you love talking about? And here we are talking about strength and I'm jumping off my chair. (laughs) (laughs) So strengths are just absolutely fundamental because, and we all have strengths and they can look different, obviously, for every single one of us. So because the thing is, if you use your strengths, there's so much research to show that when you pursue an activity while using your own strengths, you will feel more energized, you will feel joy while doing it, you'll feel more fulfilled once you've achieved your goal. So it's a little bit similar to values in that regard as well. But I think I think one of the sort of beautiful examples that probably also a lot of people can relate to is the idea of finding flow. So I don't know if you're familiar with the term of flow. Um, It's this state that we can enter sometimes when we will often do something creative, but it looks different for everybody. When we actually play to our strengths, we do an activity um, with the right level of competency. So not too hard, yet a little bit challenging. And it's that moment where kind of we lose track of time and we're completely immersed in this activity. And we we make some progress and it's so enjoyable and do you know when you're in that zone could I relate that potentially to golf I played on Sunday my first nine holes I didn't have to think I just played and it felt really good and then all of a sudden (sighs) I must have switched out of that optimal state of flow and wow I just couldn't play anymore I could but it was a struggle and I had to think and it just wasn't happening naturally 
absolutely sounds like you were experiencing flow there. It's something I would never find playing golf, but that's also because my confidence is non-existent. <laughs> but, um, something that but, just yeah. got me thinking about too is um, like if I look at my to-do list sometimes and there are certain yeah. things on there that excite you and you want to do those things and then the really mundane sort of tasks you don't because you know mm. how it feels doing that exciting thing and you just you're immersed in it and you're doing it without it doesn't feel like work and you're engrossed and the ideas yeah. flow and yeah exactly you can sense how much your own strengths can energize you and yeah. so the thing is that a lot of people if you ask someone so what are your top three strengths Kate <laughs> oh no not putting you on the spot <laughs> <laughs> how to choose yeah exactly I've got too many I'm not going to go there no. yeah. <laughs> so research shows and I can certainly relate um, that people are very quick to give you a whole list rattle down a whole list of weaknesses if you ask them about mm. those you know what are your weaknesses but when you ask someone about their strengths they're very slow to respond mm -hmm. this has many reasons psychological reasons but um it's really sad because, and obviously this is one of the reasons is that also society, right? Like Yeah, it's taught us. We're not, not allowed to gloat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, tall yeah. poppy syndrome and yeah. so forth. But um, if, if we could change that and we start looking at our strengths, the thing is once you identify your strengths, you can use them in so many different contexts. And people, you know, usually think, oh, one of my strengths is humor. How, how could I possibly use humor, um, you know, to do my office work or something like that? But there are always ways and you can always ponder that. And it is amazing when you can identify ways that you can use your strengths for all sorts of activities in your life, but especially those that are hard, that you don't find enjoyable because, that's where your energy will come from then mm -hmm. and your drive and the joy that makes so, total again, sense i love it yeah and mm. so if this someone who is wanting to get into their exercise and they feel like it's not a strength of theirs moving their body isn't a strength how do they bring in other strengths to movement or yeah, is it that they've that just pre-wired themselves to think they're no good at movement because perhaps they're not coordinated or they're not good at sports, but it doesn't mean they're not good at moving their bodies? Yeah, absolutely. So I think you touched on two very, very important points there. So one is a little bit that joy factor, right? So when we talk about intrinsic motivation, people sometimes have this all or nothing thinking or also black and white thinking in that they say, you know, well, but I didn't go to the gym for an hour, so it doesn't count. So often when I've worked with clients in the past to help them um, get a better exercise routine into their lives, they'll, they'll, I'll find out at some stage that they're actually quite active people. It's just mm. they don't count any of it. I was talking to a client the other day and turns out she actually cycles one and a half hours every single day. Yeah. Like, but she doesn't count it because she's only riding to work and back. Yeah. It's like that's yeah, a I lot feel of tired just thinking about like, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. But people discount it. So they, they have this idea that exercise needs to look a certain way, and it certainly mm -hmm. doesn't. You know, exercising is expending energy, getting your heart rate up, get, yeah. putting a sweat on, you know, it depends. And it can have many different faces. So if you can tap into what you naturally enjoy, that is your intrinsic motivator. And th that it can be said that beneficial just taking a moment to reflect on all of that and then trying to identify something that you've liked. Maybe when you were little, you used to enjoy dance classes. Well, why not you look for a dance class now? It doesn't matter yeah. that you think you're a beginner, you know? So there's that joy factor and, and that is hugely important. Um, but in terms of your strengths, you can certainly use your strengths. Um, I'm just trying to reflect now. So the way I use strengths with people to help them establish habits around things that they don't naturally enjoy doing is because motivation is a very complex construct, actually. And it depends on a lot of different things. So one, for example, is autonomy. So we need to ensure that we can have choice in what we're doing. One is competence. So choosing something that is not too hard, yet a little bit challenging. Another one is also relatedness. So, and this is a fact where 
it's important that we do something together with someone or for someone. So somehow relating it back to the greater good. So you can use your own strengths across even those three elements so well. So for example, for myself, self-leadership is is one of my strengths. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously because I've, you know, studied it for so many years and, you know, um, and all those sorts of things. But the way I use that is I apply that, for example, to relatedness. So for a while, for example, um, on Instagram, I would share the tips around how I incorporate a regular exercise routine into my life. So I make it, it makes sort of you relatable do it. for other people. Exactly. It it is an accountability factor, but also I know that it helps other people. I know the number of messages I've received to say it's because of you and seeing you do this that I dragged myself onto the treadmill this morning. Mm -hmm. You know, signed up to dedicate perhaps. Or signed up to dedicate. (laughs) (laughs) So that is really cool. So that is, you know, one example of how you can apply your strengths. But I think that's where we're also tapping into this territory that that um, there are so many components to establishing new habits in your life so where we can tap into all these sorts of details but yeah just to give you that one example yeah I love it how would someone change their mindset from being a stop starter so 100% all in all out to consistently exercising yeah that's a great question and I think oh this Again, this has so much in it to unpack. So I think I I would definitely come back to the first step in anything is self-awareness. So catching yourself when you have that all or nothing thinking. Sorry, I should turn this phone on silent. Is it telling you to drink water? No, to to hop on the podcast with you. Oh, yes. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry about that. (laughs) Well, um, your so, your self awareness is amazing because you're like an hour ahead of your own. <laughs> see, see, <laughs> walking my own talk here. <laughs> um, so it it starts with self awareness. So trying to catch yourself out and trying to catch those limiting beliefs. So and there are many of those limiting beliefs, obviously, that we can have. Then literally deciding to change that, questioning that limiting belief. Is that really so? Does this really not count if I only did five minutes on the treadmill rather than nothing? So because the thing is, and and then really aiming for tiny steps, and this is exactly what you said before, break it down. And I always say to my clients, what is the minimum achievable step that you can do? And honestly, make it tiny. I know that we also talk about make it a little bit challenging, but if conscientiousness and actually turning up to what you said you would do if that is something you struggle with and if you struggle with procrastinating and self-sabotage make it tiny in fact I often say simply show up Mm -hmm. make that deal with yourself that showing up is better than not doing anything because if we want to establish new habits by definition habits are behaviors that are automatically triggered, that co-occur and are automatically triggered by something. And that we need to repeat this behavior and this co-occurrence of um, trigger and behavior many, many times. And it's not just done with 21 days. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah. But we need to repeat that. So the thing is, if you think about that, it is better to wake up one morning and think, oh, but today I really don't feel like doing my dedicated workout. It is better to go into your workout, onto your mat and just show up and turn on dedicate. And literally just, even if you just want to sit on your mat and watch it, it is better to do that than not to do anything. That makes sense. So anything you do after that's a bonus. Absolutely. If you feel like then doing something, lifting your little finger, literally, that is better than doing nothing because at least, and then, and then next time, hopefully when you feel like doing it again, you know, you rock up and you actually do the workout, but this is better because it gets you into that routine of just making a part of your daily habit or whatever your, your routine is, whether it's daily or, um, or weekly or whatever, but it's so important. So just even showing up. Because that's where we can start. We can obviously look at why do we self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And there are many reasons, but fear of failure is certainly a big one for many people having too high expectations. So this is kind of where we can close that cycle. So if if someone can reflect on that, build the self-awareness, question those limiting beliefs and make a pact with themselves just to show up and aim for those tiny, tiny goals, I think you're off to a very good start. Awesome. I love it. So I guess that's the same. I've got another question here. So what is your advice for someone struggling for consistency with their health and fitness but it's pretty much pretty much the same question isn't it yeah and i mean there are many things so when we talk about consistency so again if if i draw this back to the whole self-leadership framework where hopefully you know exactly why you're exercising right why you have this regime so from your self-knowledge your values your strengths You've obviously formulated or articulated some goals around it. So you have that self-goal setting. So now we're talking about self-regulation of your routine. And so consistency, so grit and resilience, but also things like accountability and that, um, you know, sort of commitment to that. And so it depends. And this is different for everyone. I think sometimes, you know, you just have to look at why is the consistency not there? And I think this is always the first thing we need to do because it can look different for everybody. Some people just have the plate too full. Mm -hmm. You know, some people just don't have the energy for various reasons. Some people have fires that they need to put out first. And I, I, I discuss this with my clients often because you have a chat with them and you can talk for hours and uh, and hours about why they're not achieving something and at some stage you realize that they're all consumed by the fact that they have really big financial financial troubles for example or you know they have um big issues in their relationships so sometimes we have fires burning in our lives that are become all consuming and we need to address those first and it comes back to covering your bases we spoke about creating that healthy lifestyle because somehow our energy needs to come from something or sometimes we have those fires in our life and they can become all consuming and draining and we need Mm -hmm. to cover those bases first Um, and then to always start with why. Why why is the consistency not there? And then you can obviously address that. Is it just, you know, accountability because you don't really have any particular reason to do it um, because you rely on other people, let's say, giving you a reason? Well, then establish accountability by doing it with a partner where you have to rock up. Otherwise, you're letting them down, you know? So it, it always depends on what the reason is behind not having that consistency in your life. Um, another thing that um, we hear sometimes being an online fitness platform is people saying, oh, I just can't work out at home. And my belief is everyone can. Yeah. So what is your advice to someone who wants to work out at home because they know, or at lunchtime at work, wants to work out at home mostly because they know it's going to save them lots of time and they know it's what they need in, in their life to make exercise work, but they've got this sort of preconceived idea that, they can't do it and so you probably are hinting at the fact that they 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 can't do it because they lack the self-discipline yeah so they're used to they say oh when they go to the gym they know the class is on at this time and that they're committing to it so they go whereas yeah when it's at home yeah so it, it's um again it comes down a little bit to unpacking this for everyone um, for themselves because everyone is a little bit different and everyone functions a little bit differently and, and we all have different barriers and different things that motivate us and hold us accountable so if you are that person who can go to the gym because you know the class is on at a certain time and you just go there and then you know that someone will drag you through the workout because there's otherwise it might be embarrassing if you left the class early yeah then have a have a look at how you can achieve that with the with the dedicated workouts at home because for example you can maybe make a date together with someone where you do the workout together but each one from their own home Mm -hmm. so you know or um, Or not necessarily at the same time but you're reporting back to each other at the end of the day and you're going to tell them which workout you did or you both choose the same workouts we're both going to do these four workouts this week let's talk about it at the end of the week or something like that 
Exactly. So if you're the person who needs the accountability, then give yourself that accountability mm -hmm. and let's have fun with it and let's be creative because it looks different for everybody. Yeah. So it, it, absolutely, you can do it live together with someone at the same time. You can, you know, do that reporting back and, you know, make it even more powerful. Promise your friend that if you don't report back or you report back and you haven't done that, you send them a box of champagne. Yeah. Or whatever works <laughs> yeah. for you. You know, yeah. something that that makes you lose something because psychologically, the prospect of losing something, unfortunately, for us is more impactful of winning something. So we can it's it's one absolutely and you can use that to your own advantage. So make yourself lose something if you don't show up. This but is probably delving do into a whole lot of different stuff, but you know, you hear a lot about, especially with bringing up children, it's you know, you don't take things away from them, you give them like it's positive reinforcement rather than negative reinforcement. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So how does that mm -hmm. work? How does that relate? Yeah. Well, I think that comes down more so to feedback as to what you sort of draw their attention to. And um, yeah, with other people, definitely, I would I would definitely, you know, give that feedback. But feedback can always be constructive. Um, but um, yeah, I would always look at building on strengths. Absolutely. And building on what have they done right. Um, yeah. So in theory, I'm, I'm not the perfect parent. Uh, <laughs> disclaimer. No one is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think when we sort of deal with ourselves, it's all about, you know, understanding what works best for yourself. Mm -hmm. And the, the, our psychology doesn't always make sense or isn't always, you know, so wonderful and, and all that. And the, the fact that we hate losing something more than sometimes you get excited about winning something, it's just one of the things that, you know, we have that is wired into ourselves. So we can just use that for ourselves to our own advantage. But it yep. depends, you know, if it works for you, use it. If it doesn't, if don't. It makes you feel ne negative, then don't, yeah. Yeah, but you can also look at, you know, if, if you're someone who, you know, maybe you have someone in your life who would love to also establish an, a regular exercise routine, then try to be a role model. Maybe that gives you the drive you can. And then, you know, take them by the hand. Do those online workouts together with them. You know, maybe you can even invite someone to your home. It depends on your individual circumstances. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love working with individuals because that's where you can start tailoring everything. Yeah. Um, but taking someone else by the hand or if you run a social media account, why not do it for your community? help your community with that you know so it really depends on your own circumstances and you can build that accountability in so many different ways awesome and so what about advice for someone who's lacking purpose understand your values because purpose purpose is basically your values in action <laughs> so to understand your values there's a number of tools you can do and free tools you can find online you just have to google um probably the number one tool you'll encounter is a values list so you'll find you know values list. so a whole list of different values and this tool will ask you just tick whichever ones resonate with you and if you're anything like me even just a few years ago I'd go tick, 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 mm -hmm. because why wouldn't you tick compassion and freedom and safety? And you go, of course, all of these are important to me. But what took me a long time to understand, and I think what a lot of those tools fail to communicate, is that it really needs to resonate with you and free of judgment. Um, so really looking at, what floats your boat? Yeah, <laughs> or, or rocks it. <laughs> or rocks it. <laughs> um, so what is it that makes you jump out of bed in the morning? What makes it that really connects with you emotionally? And it doesn't matter whether you think, yeah, but, but that's really selfish or this doesn't serve society because at the end of the day, if something serves you and makes you feel more alive, that's when you then can start building on top of that to give back to society. It's this whole concept about self-knowledge and self-care. If you can start with yourself and really find that flourishing for yourself, that's when you can serve the greater good or the greater public as well. So really looking at what connects with what are your core desired feelings and really trying to narrow it down. 
And I have to give you the heads up that those values lists are never complete because there is no finite list of values. Mm -hmm. Values are indefinite. And it changes. And yeah, absolutely. And values can change across lifetime. They're relatively stable. But if you go through a big pivotal moment, like the one we spoke earlier, Mm -hmm. absolutely, that can change your values. Or if you go from being a single, young adult, no kids, no responsibilities to having family and all, Mm -hmm. you know, bigger responsibilities, values can change. Safety becomes bigger than maybe adventure, right? Yeah. And so really looking at becoming creative with what your own values are. And you can ask yourself questions, for example, like if you think back to your past and you think back some really big and key decisions you've made, what was it about those decisions? What was it that made you decide one way rather than the other? What was behind that? What was it that was important to you then that made you decide this way? This is one way we can tap into our values. We can start to understand what is it that's important because our values are a little bit like a compass. They are not actually a a goal that we're striving for, but they are a way of living. Something like a compass that you hold and, and remind yourself of every single day this is how I want to show up in life. This is how I want to be living. This is the direction I want to take. It then almost becomes irrelevant what specific goals, because there are many different goals you can aim for in a way that your values are then expressed. And this is exactly where you find purpose. If you can identify your values and you start living by them today, you've found purpose. Love it. This is so valuable um and i have still got (laughs) i've still got some more questions but time's ticking so i'm going to move on to the fun part and if anyone has got more questions for you um in the show Mm -hmm. notes we will have your details to get in touch and obviously they can find out how they can work with you as well do you work remotely with people as well yes absolutely only i only work remotely now okay awesome perfect so have you got clients all over the world or Yes, absolutely. And most of my clients, funnily enough, are in the US. Oh, interesting. (laughs) And so how have they found you? Instagram, I think. Instagram and because I've been writing for a few big big outlets like positivepsychology.com, Thrive Global, Psychology Today, and I think people just link through those from all over the world. Fabulous. Well done. That's so cool. So we always finish off with some fun questions, and sometimes I feel a bit weird asking these questions. (laughs) (laughs) you know you have so much respect for someone and then you're like okay I'm gonna ask you some really random questions now yeah I love it (laughs) so here we go Australia or South Africa I have to change it Australia (laughs) or Germany oh Australia (laughs) I guess that's why you decided to live there okay then Australia or New Zealand Ooh, that's a big one. How can I choose? I love New Zealand. Have you been here? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, only once to the South Island. It was our favourite holiday. We were meant to go back last year, last year, this year, for snowboarding, but then border closures. Um, (laughs) Australia for now, I have a feeling maybe New Zealand in the future. Um, Broccoli or cauliflower? Ooh, love both. Let's go broccoli because it's green. (laughs) (laughs) Summer or winter? Summer. Walk or run? Walk. Exercise in the morning or night? We know the answer to this one. Morning. Yes, Yes, you do. (laughs) Hit or weights? Uh, Good one. Weights. I'm going to go weights. I love it. I love feeling feeling my muscles. Yeah. Mm. Yoga or Pilates? Yoga. (laughs) More study? So more study or delve straight in? Oh, big one. I'm a total overstudier, but diving straight back in helps you learn more. Champagne or cocktails? Cocktails. Six, <laughs> six in the morning or night? Morning. Do you make your bed in the morning? Yes. Most days. <laughs> I may have my fingers crossed behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, rephrase. Do you make do you make your bed every day? No. <laughs> but I'm only saying that because I don't, so I want to feel better about myself. <laughs> Can you lick your elbow? No. <laughs> Did you want me to try? Yeah, that was just a joke. No. Try it. 
<laughs> is anyone out oh. there trying it? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so funny. <laughs> um, would you rather drive or be the passenger? Oh, drive. Self-leadership's all about driving yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what about if you need to be in tune with yourself and sit back and relax and Oh yeah, <laughs> I see I love I love a train for that. <laughs> Perfect, love it. Um blazer or leather jacket? Leather jacket any day. The old classic that I might ditch soon, but um, do you pee in the shower? No. <laughs> no, you're the only one that said no. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, we have to remember that. Um, cook tea or wash the dishes? Cook. Uh, yeah, cook. Cook tea. That's driving again, yeah, isn't it? It's in control. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a bit more creative, isn't it? Yeah, I think for me, I would rather cook tea at my own home and give someone else to the dishes. But I'm at, if I'm at someone else's house, I'd rather, like if I'm staying with my mum or something, I'd rather do the dishes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair call. Yeah. Um, bikini or one piece? Bikini. Beach or mountains? Beach always. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Cool. And that's it. I, I, need, I should have had a clincher to finish, but I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> should have saved, saved the elbow one awesome. for last. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Great questions. Love it. Oh, oh thank you so much, Mike. It is, I've really, really enjoyed chatting. One, to learn oh. so much, and I know it's going to help so many people. And two, just to get to know you, you're a beautiful, amazing person. And, oh, yeah, thank you so much. And likewise, and honestly, yeah, thank you so much also for having me on Dedicate and on this podcast. I just love what you do and what you've built with Dedicate. It's absolutely amazing. And I wish every sort of exercise provider or training provider had your philosophy and approach, honestly. Oh, thank you so much. So thank you so much. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the Dedicate podcast. I hope you found that episode as valuable as I did. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when our new episodes launch. There's only two to go of season two. Gosh, time seriously just goes so fast. Other great episodes to check out from season two are my story called Kate Ivy, How It Began, Tony Street, Grief, Love, Illness and Everything In Between. That is a must listen. Hayley Rind, an accidental business and life after burnout. If you're a Dedicate member already, thank you so much for your support. It means so much to us. If you're not yet, check out our free trial at kateivyfitness.com. Get fit, feel great, come build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle with us.